Welcome back to the All Personal Podcast, where we turn the good old saying, nothing personal, just business, upside down, and we prove how, in fact, it's all personal, nothing is just business. Because it's all either intrapersonal, how we manage ourselves, or interpersonal, how we manage our relationships with others, both at home and at work. It's all about our personal skills muscles. In this episode, I talk to Alex Leon Flores, and I'm going to tell you what he says about himself so that you get an idea of just how fascinating this episode is going to be. Alex says, I am an ordinary human being who considers himself perfectly imperfect. I want what any other individual wishes to have. I would like to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. I'm a deeply curious person who likes to understand more about our own existence. I'd like to lead a compassionate and kind life. My life mission is to live the best life I can in kindness and acceptance with deep understanding and infinite compassion. My title and purpose in my career involves looking for potential in other human beings while doing my best to provide them a place, a platform if you will, where they could develop. As a professional recruitment specialist, I have always remained focused on the importance of building strong relationships with all stakeholders, clients and co-workers. Social scientists have proven the correlation between relationships, success, and our quality of life. As a professional administrator, my goal is excellence. Attention to detail and perseverance are vastly needed to achieve excellence. If we're to meet any goals successfully, all while being compassionate to myself and those around me. Alex currently does his best work from within an incredible marketing and experience design agency. So if you're looking for your next career move, reach out to him because I know he will love to have a chat with you. I'm going to put all of the links in the description of this episode. I also want to let you know that we connected on LinkedIn due to one of Esther Perel's posts. We never met in person just like many of us during the past a year and a half since the pandemic. And yet we cover so much in this conversation and still we could have kept going. And we talked about so many things from growing up in conformity countries and cultures and then moving to freedom of choice. And Alex also talks about his journey of coming out as he says, different from everybody else in his home country, Mexico, and how psychology helped him find answers to his relentless questions. He also shares why asking questions is such a crucial skill to have, especially as a leader, and how he applied his investigative reporter skills in his marketing, advertising, and further on talent acquisition roles. We also touched on how language matters 
and how it changes the way that we relate to each other. And obviously we have to talk about how employers need to realize that when you care for your people, people care about your business. And we also shared some horror boss stories and what not to do as a leader. We finalize this conversation by talking about how soft skills are not soft at all, how they are essential and human, and how they do affect how we do business. Okay, enough said. Are you ready to take this game-changing ride with us from wherever you are? Buckle up, because here we go. First of all, Alex, welcome to the All Personal Podcast. Thank you so much, Roxana. I am so excited. I am so excited um, for anybody who may be listening to this. We actually just connected randomly on LinkedIn because we happen to have a a favorite author in common, and uh, you know, as, as somebody that we's part of our LinkedIn network, and uh, and so we we she I think Roxana, you ended up seeing some of my posts on yeah. on LinkedIn and we were like okay it, Roxana approached me right it's like hey we share same ideas same things same interests <laughs> and then we connected and we were over the phone uh, we were supposed to have a what a 15 minute conversation just to yeah, get to know each other yeah something like that we were on the line for what 45 an hour <laughs> i think an hour easily and then i'm wondering so with this episode stay with us people because I know like <laughs> this is going to be such an interesting conversation and we can go in many different places almost at once so <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah we're everywhere <laughs> like, we have no but, in this situation we have no filters so <laughs> we have exactly and this is what I mean this is what you and I and that's how we connected and what we're so passionate about um living in this kind of space where we inspire one another where we learn from each other um so yeah stay tuned for an open conversation <laughs> so 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 um first thing i wanted to ask you is yeah. to shortly introduce yourself for um the people who are listening to us today of course of course so um i am just basically your average uh, person that moved from another country. And I can tell you a little bit about my story. So because these, I think you and I, we have a similar background in here in the fact that we are not uh, born and raised in Canada. We yep. are from a completely different countries. Um, I am from Mexico. You are from, um, I forgot. Romania, Romania. Romania, so, Romania. I am yeah, so sorry. Yeah. I apologize for that. No uh, but one of, <laughs> one of the things that, um, and by the way, I oh, I didn't listen to any of the podcast episodes because I'm like, I want to jump right in and make cool. it just a cool, casual conversation about us, right? Yeah. And um, so one thing that I did watch of yours uh, for sure before, uh, prior to the to our conversation was watch some of your um, your TED talk, first of all, by the way, amazing. I loved it. And, um, and some other conversations that you had online that I've watched on YouTube. So the, the TED talk, one of the things that I really resonated with me was this idea of um, the, putting the expectation on children on behaving 
and wearing the same clothing and doing following these structured type of lifestyle yeah, where everything has to be yeah. oh my yeah. goodness I totally it totally resonated with me because that was my own experience growing up mm-hmm. um I came from Mexico and uh, I was very, very lucky, Roxana, that I was born in a family full of love. So it, it was just un- unconditional love, right? So mm-hmm. it's, and where um, I was lucky at the same time that at that time, the separation, um, I guess, thanks to technology and convenience, we still had very close knit, um, I guess, um, you know, relationships with everybody else, with, not only within the family, but even with our neighbors. I mean, to the point that we would spend half of the day on somebody else's neighbor, just run out of the house, go back yeah. to the house, and with a bunch of children, 10 to 15 children, and the parents are like, oh my God, children, please stay outside. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I perfectly, <laughs> I know that perfectly. Exactly. I totally resonate with that too. Auntie <laughs> and uncle, and how yeah. are you? And and the birthdays were like incredible, it was crazy. And then it was like, like, no, like three or four children. Like nowadays I see, even in my own family, yeah. I see it with my own nephew where he has maybe six or seven at most guests, right? Little children who are celebrating with him. But in our times, like 15 was a minimum. Like that was, and that was just the children. <laughs> then, yeah. then forget about the parents that were, oh my gosh. So anyway, so that was, you know, that was incredible. That was, I was very, very lucky. I'm lucky that I went through that experience. Um, thankfully, uh, you can imagine Mexico is a very, um, unfortunately, it is a society that is based, uh, their culture is based at a lot, around a lot of dogma, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of religious ideals and all of that stuff. So um, imagine a, your stereotypical um, boy who happens to be very pretty and who is very female, uh, who, you know, approximates more the female side than the male side. Mm-hmm. And um, so imagine growing up in, in a society like that. So while you know, I think that unconditional love helped me to go through and grow up through that, um, through all of these different um, and difficult sections through my life, right? Because yeah. you get a lot of rejection, you get a lot of um, hatred and a lot of um, bullying, harassment and everything else. Of and course. it started yeah. ever since I was in elementary, like ever since I was in elementary, started since then. Uh, I mean, I think I was in, I believe was in second grade or third grade. I believe that's when it all started. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was, it just went, you know, from there to worse, right? It just, it just, because you're too different, you you do not match the, you know, yeah. the, uh, you know, what society expects us, you know, yeah. you're a male and you're a female. And, and thankfully, I guess, I guess this can go both sides, depending on which way you look at it. My parents were lucky, uh, were hard workers, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, my dad, my actually, my mom was lucky enough to um, raise us from home. So, you know, we were four of us, uh, three women, and then me, so I'm the eldest. And then we have another three, three ladies, and they're all, we all have like, we're all just two years apart. So literally, they planned it okay. to the point so very that close. Okay. my next sister. <laughs> November I am in November, from November as well and then the other two August so like they planned it perfectly so I mean you know good for them <laughs> um but you know this this whole growing up in in, a, in an environment like that in in because they had the money to provide me with private education so 
unfortunately, a lot of the private schools still have this system where you still have to wear the uniform. You have yeah. to, they don't mix males and females in a lot of them mm -hmm. still, they still have that system. Um, they have this ridiculous idea that girls and boys should be completely separated from each other. I do not understand where this comes from. And I've never, I've never agreed with it. And I always felt like there was something wrong with that separation. And, mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I actually asked my parents while I was growing up when, as soon as I got into um, junior high, the version, the Mexican version of junior high, um, it's called over there secondary. And uh, yeah. so what they, one thing that I noticed is that if you were part of the public system, you were mixed with everybody else ever since elementary. But then if you go to a lot of the private schools, it was this very clear delineated separation as to who you are allowed to be and what you, what are the expectations and, you know, which schools you go to. And it is very, very strange. And yeah. um, I always felt that there was something wrong with it. Um, while growing up, you know, it's a lot of bullying, a lot, you can imagine, right? I mean, imagine an old male school. And uh, so I was lucky enough that I had a few friends while growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, plus my whole entire family and older friends, right? And so, and I mean, thankfully, I come from a very, very large family. So yeah. <laughs> and, and also, uh, it's good to sides. hear, like, it, it's also good to hear that they're, they were supportive, and you could count on them on their support all throughout Absolutely. this journey, because that's another cool. story that you don't hear too often. You don't, you don't. Right? And, and in fact, may, the, when I came out to may, my friends and everybody else, mm -hmm. I was already in high school. And um and for me, my the discovery of my own sexuality came down to um, I did not want it to um, I did not agreed with the dogma that was being presented to me. So I actually forced I, I literally forced my parents to buy me uh, two or three psychological uh, books on psychology and sexuality. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, this does not make it any sense to me. This is not this is feeling wrong right. to me. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, and for me, in fact, I can share this story and I want to share it uh, just for everybody out there to know, mm -hmm. in my case, um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people understand the Kingsley, uh, the Kingsley, um, what do you call it? Uh, the scale, right? It is just a scale. Yeah. It is, it's about, yeah, yeah. you can be, you know, a female, male, it, sorry, gay or straight and anything mm -hmm, in between. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sexuality. So for me, while growing up in, tr in finding my true self i was actually interestingly for me was more of a am i even attracted to women that's the question that came to my head it was never a matter of do i like women it, you know i like women and then do i like men no it was the complete opposite i already knew that i like men and then you know while growing up was like do i even like women <laughs> like so right. i mean so <laughs> you were asking all of the questions not just one or two like you wanted to have a almost That's like a full right. a full spectrum right that's right. I wanted to understand yeah. the whole context yeah. and what was happening mm -hmm. and what, what, and how come I was so different compared to everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I mean, uh, at the time, even in high school, I was actually the only, um, male across two ge whole generations who was actually out and proud in that high school. 
I was mm. the only one. It wasn't until university that a lot of my um, uh, ex, uh, uh, you know, the people that I went to high school with, that yeah. they, a lot of them started to come out, right? Or even some of them, you know, like 10 years later, like under 30s, which I personally, under, I understand, you know, the, it is a little bit of a battle. You're trying to, you know, come to the realization of who you truly are and what your sexuality is. And mm-hmm. so I get it. But I mean, at the same yeah. time, it makes me believe, wouldn't, it makes me think, wouldn't they have been happier if they discovered these when they were much younger, if it weren't because mm-hmm. of those expectations forced upon them by cultural and societal expectations, right? Well, and, for um, sure, that has to play a role in in, in that decision, right? Because uh, again, I mean, that that kind of, the level of support from, from other people and from the environment around you, like that plays such a huge such a huge part in pretty much any decision that involves anything that has to do with being different much more being different in this way which again and it also relates to back in the day when people were not used to having this kind of conversation as openly as we have today yeah. Right now, right? I mean, even right now we're having this yeah. conversation and it is not something that we, even a few years back, you could not hear yeah. in certain places. Yeah. Um, I believe it's still happening in certain places across the world where you're not allowed For to For sure, absolutely. Questions. Yes, exactly. It's still happening. Yeah. So, I mean, which is yeah. ridiculous because I mean- I mean, think about it. People still the... immigrate. I mean, talk, talking about immigrants, right? People still immigrate to Canada because of their sexual orientation, which is forbidden in their- country of origin which is 100 percent. yeah oh, it's sad it's just sad it's just very it sad yes. uh, but i mean at least uh, there's a lot of hope right i see i see a lot of hope i see a lot of uh, um there's a, i have a lot of faith that you know there things are moving forward in the right mm-hmm. direction and um and i see it because you you ex- um you experience it you know while through life, while things are changing on your own life, you're also seeing the changes in society. And you start noticing all of these little attitudes that start changing towards, yeah. not only towards you, but also towards others around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my while I may be a uh, very uh, effeminate guy, I'm still a guy, right? People can confuse me as a girl in the street. That is fine. That, that does not concern me because I am very skinned, very slim, very tall. And, and you know, I have I just, I just look pretty. I'm pretty. That's it. <laughs> and uh, I've come to terms with it. I've come to terms with it. Don't worry. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but you know, when I have friends who are, um, who are trans, right? They do not mm-hmm. experience the same things that I do, even right now in the same city. Uh, it's, it's quite um, interesting. And it, it is, it's, it's a little bit shocking still to me because, I mean, we, yeah. you and I were both in Canada and we're still yeah. seeing these kind of things happening every mm-hmm. now and again. And um, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, 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 quite a, it's quite a little bit of a challenge, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah, for, for, I think for it also talks, yeah, it talks about our, our um, level of evolution and our, our readiness to be more open and still progress and... Um, have that mindset where we're not looking at the other one um, to judge. We're just looking to, to have a conversation, to make a connection, to learn something from each other or to share something with one another, right? Um, 
I think we're getting there. I mean, just mm. the fact that we're starting to to see more of the normalcy around this discussion, which is again, <laughs> why do we have to make it a whole conversation? It's life everyone's life is about choices and it's about what they choose for themselves and how they choose to live their best life and i don't think anyone else <laughs> apart yep. from that person should be having these kind of conversations i mean that's that's no. that's it no. as I long as we're respectful be... towards each other right that's it that's it you know and if you if you're curious ask Yeah. you know if you don't know, oh my god ask. yes yes ask. exactly you know it's like we forget approach the person and be like hey you know what yeah. I, i don't have anybody in my family or anybody in my circle of friends or who is i don't know a person of color or an immigrant or somebody who is part of the lgbt community yeah who is this or that and and can you tell me a little bit more about your own experience right mm -hmm. and you'll discover their 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 dreams and their hopes and their fears and their and their pain it's exact same it doesn't change from person to person you know yeah. and, and, and in fact you will notice that they suffer even more because people still have these you know ideas and these yeah. um, barriers around uh trying yeah. to understand that there's 8.5 something or 8. whatever million billion of differences of people like that's yeah. how many uh, exactly we are. yeah simple as that yeah <laughs> and that's, that's yeah the way I see it. no for sure and then we we assume that we know somebody just based on the limited information that we have about them or that we see <laughs> maybe we don't even mm -hmm. have any kind of information but we just look at them and we assume a bunch of stuff Um, so yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I thank you for, for saying that because I really honestly believe that if we stopped assuming more and started to confirm and clarify more, the world will be, would be such a, such oh. a better place, right? Much better place. It, it would be better than better. <laughs> yeah. I like this and that little, 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 uh, you know, better than better. Things can be better than better. better, than better. Than better. So, and, uh, so I wanted yeah, to get back to you because um, yes. I want to refocus because uh, talking about asking questions. So you were growing up in this in this different environment, and then you then you moved to Canada. How did you decide to move to Canada? And by the way, when did you do that? Oh, that was about two thousand eight. That was back in 2008 mm -hmm. when I moved to Canada. And uh, so about 13 years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm, At the mm -hmm. time, I had just literally finished my university, my undergraduate degree in marketing okay. and advertising. And um, I was very lucky at the time, Roxana, that I needed to complete an internship to be able to graduate, right? To be able to get your diploma and everything right. else. Mm -hmm. So I, one of my many, many, many friends, her sister-in-law was working for a corporation, um, a development and construction. Uh, so mm -hmm. they develop, mm -hmm. you know, the land and they create all the homes and everything else. So they had the space for me to work as an intern within the marketing advertising department because the sister-in-law, she was the manager. So she okay. is like right. come on board. It was supposed to be four months, Roxana. Do you know how long I stayed there for two years? Wow. <laughs> that's a, a great experience. That's it a was, great experience, was, exactly. Oh, 
amazing. You know, I learned so much. It was, I was literally learning more. Um, I, I should say I was learning advanced things at work that I didn't have mm -hmm. even covered in school yet. By the time I got into school to cover them, I was like, uh, you know, uh, professor, can I just take the day off? I already know this and I were explaining there, my own done that. <laughs> and they'd be like, yep, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. <laughs> and and, and, and my, my, uh, a lot of my um, other friends from, from school, by the way, I was very lucky that in Yusuf University, I had the exact same uh, other uh, people in the same class. We were the same through the three years and a half, except for like three or four people. So we became very tight knit, right? And mm -hmm. so th that was amazing. And, uh, and I think all of that uh, helped us develop long-term relationships and um but the fact that in school um you know there are certain things in school that you learn that you know i was i, I had really learned in, in 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 at work it just made my i guess you know the transition and finishing school so much 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 easier right it just mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. it made it so much fun as well and i think that's the reason why the the, the one of the ceos that were well no ceo is directors because there were three brothers so there were three three uh -huh. directors one of them decided to give him the opportunity to remain inside within their corporation oh, okay. like you know he's working he's doing i mm -hmm. we see him doing in in and asking questions and doing what what he needs to do um to get the job done right and uh in fact the last year the corporation completely split uh so there was a reorganizing you know restructuring and um i ended up on a position taking care of one of the marketing sites completely by myself for that entire city so that was super super cool wow that's something <laughs> i mean for somebody uh, who is still a junior in the workforce right that was incredible that was incredible and and i mean what was uh, i think the main reason why this happened is because we had already a very secure um, I guess um, all of our vendors and everybody else already knew what was expected, right, of, mm -hmm. of the organization. Mm -hmm. And and we had a great, great relationship. So, you know, if the fact that I was still in school, it didn't matter because they would contact me and they'd be on the phone and, and right. my professors understood clearly, you know, this guy yeah. is also working. He's not mm -hmm. just, you know, answering the phone for the heck of, you know, who's calling me and let's go for breakfast, right? It's, it's yeah. just work related. And and that was really cool from professors because I've heard from other people that they don't get that in universities. Yeah. The yes. Because you have to be there. You have to be there physically mm -hmm. so that they actually grade you, which is absolutely, again, we go back and oh. you and I had this conversation and I want to go there um, because this, this talks about organizations anyway. Like you can talk about organizations as in educational institutions or the workplace, corporations, small businesses, whatever that is. But uh, this is exactly the kind of environment that you and I were, were talking about before we even started recording <laughs> this, this episode <laughs> about that, that, that doesn't allow you to keep talent or to even attract the talent and you're losing a lot of talented people just because of that kind of rigidity of some rules that some other people created back in the day when the rules were actually serving people right and then 
what happens? Why, why aren't we there? Talk about open-mindedness. And I think it, this is how you see it applied in different areas of our lives and how they impact us so much. Why not mm -hmm. look at the rules and see what, who are they serving and are they still serving? And is it maybe time to change them? And, and I don't think it, enough people or enough leaders out there ask themselves these questions ever. Yeah. Because the status quo is much more important. And mm -hmm. the, the old little phrase, uh, catchphrase that a lot of people love to use is that's all, that's how always we've, that's how we've always done it. You know, it, it is one yes. of those lines that I yeah. abhor. It, it is it's just. <laughs> Oh, it, 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 it makes me it's cringe. And, yes, and, it's so oh, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I just grab my hands up to my mouth and just kind of pray to myself. I'm like, please, please give me the patience with this person because. <laughs> please help <laughs> me say something nice. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, yeah, I can tell this is going to be a challenging conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of the times this, and I, I think this also comes down, uh, Roxana, to a lot of the people who are always um, favoring the status quo are the people who have attached their ego and their persona to mm -hmm. the status quo itself. You know, I, I feel like a lot of yeah. them have attached who they are completely, their entire persona, either from, you know, their worth as well, right? And, and this is who we are, and it is because... Uh, the status quo is working for yeah. me, right? Mm -hmm. in, 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 but this is how we're done it all the time. I'm not going to question it. Uh, and I think it is in part of it. It's probably because I'm not going to question it because it's not convenient for me too. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some others I know that I've met, they, they don't even question it at all. They just go through life and, with the blinds. It, it is like, nope, this is it. And, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. wow, it, it just amazes me. <laughs> It, it 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 really amazes me too and when and as you know i work i work with a lot of emerging leaders and so most of them are millennial leaders and what i one of the first things that i hear from them in any kind of context that we're working together is I, I don't want to be just another manager or I don't want to be the same kind of leader as I've seen before. I want to lead different. I want to do things differently. And so I feel that there's, we're on the, on the verge of, of, of a big and wonderful change. But I also, what I also see is, is this battle. And this is where we get into the, great reshuffle the great resignation the great everything you call it oh right now we can talk so much about the great resignations because i mean that happens to be my role right now right i'm working exactly in so yeah exactly and yeah i see it i breathe it and you work with emerging leaders and, and you hear yeah. all of these these stories and you you hear the good and you hear the bad right the, yeah uh, you hear the the pleasant you hear the unpleasant mm -hmm. you hear the horror and you hear the glory and like for example with me you know you know that as of right now i'm standing you know living the dream basically right yeah. i'm literally yeah. living the dream uh, for yeah. a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, but i've also gone through the bad stuff the stuff that mm -hmm. made me question is this 
this is not working and it's not working not only for me but it's not working for other many people that i'm either leading you know at the time or people that are there that i see around me right and so this and that's and i think my since i was younger my my own interest on on psychology and all of these mm-hmm. matters of uh, of hu- human sciences forced me to even ponder more questions about them right it's like this is this is not right something does not feel right so let me investigate let me get curious about it and um and i think that's probably why we have so many you and i have we have so many things in I common think so. and 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 <laughs> listening to to your story and uh, what you're always always getting back to is like it, it's this this perpetual questioning and asking the questions and re rethinking and investigating and doing that kind of research and looking at what what does the status quo tell me and what is it that I need more of because it's not giving me the entire information that I need so it looks like has this has this been um always with you this 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 capacity of yours to investigate because you almost sound like apart from your um psychological and marketing slash advertising and your capacity of (laughs) talent right now talent recruiting right now it almost looks like you have the investigative reporter in you It's like asking questions and going and doing the research and then drawing your own conclusions. Was this a strong skill muscle with you all the time? It has. I currently, it has been my entire life. Um, and I had actually had a conversation about this with my with some of my parents, uh, with my parents, and also with some of my cousins and aunts because we were chatting about personality types and things of that nature right. and um and then that's one of the things that came up with me over and over and over and over again mm. is just you're always been a very curious person naturally it, it is it's just within you to be someone mm. who approaches and and, and and sticks to people literally i would stick to people asking questions until i got all of the answers or tr- trying to understand where the other person was or where the situation was going or where that situation came from and, and why is it like this, right? Um, I've noticed nowadays that uh, the question why does not matter as much as the how, what, when, and where, right? It, the why <laughs> yeah. question can be useful sometimes, <laughs> but then you put, you, you know, it, it's not as much, as much as people like, to, you know, because, you know, we, we tend to ask all these questions about why this happens to me. It's like, no, that's the wrong question. <laughs> that's the wrong question. <laughs> how did it come down to this? Why are you, you know, it's what happened that got, got you into this? Where did you go wrong? So I think those, I, I, I don't know. I like using those questions a lot when I'm having a conversation yeah. with somebody mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. because it leads you to uh, not only to, put yourself um to understand where the person is coming from right and and, but also trying to see where they're going towards and where they came from so it's it's, it's like it is definitely a skill i i have to say that through Mm -hmm. the years um nowadays uh because i've done a lot of uh therapy work and i mean and just for everybody else out there who's listening uh i will be mentioning a brand i hope you don't mind uh i'm part of the social support group for 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 men by men it's called every Mm -hmm. man E-V-R-Y-M-E-N. And this is a social support group where guys are allowed to bring their best, um, their true selves 
forward. So what do I mean by that? It's basically having meetings with other guys and presenting themselves as where they are standing at that right moment, emotionally and physically. So it's basically teaching guys, because let's be honest, everyone in the audience, the expectation for guys is to, um, I think this is us from the research of Brene Brown, never yeah. appear weak. You yeah. have zero emotions. You're not allowed to feel anything, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it, it, it emotions yeah, yeah. even up to now, a lot of people believe they're they're feminine, which is BS. I mean, come on. But this is like talking about you know growing up and you know growing up in a different kind of environment and different kind of country and in different times as well. It was like for for boys, you would hear, "Don't cry, boys, don't cry, boys, don't cry." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it's mm-hmm. a sh- it's shameful, and you would be. <sighs> shamed just for crying as a little boy not to mention as you grow up as a teenager like you really have to have this kind of macho armor on on you all the time so that people really take you seriously they respect you and so on and on so um yeah it's like we have this 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 these patterns growing up as as a boy you need to be one way and as a girl you need to be accommodating you need to learn how to give in i mean like don't argue about your own opinions because like there are other people smarter than you (laughs) yes yes oh my god that annoys me so much roxana you know like female are females in the workplace are not you know when when they present themselves as assertive they can be seen as um in in i'm air quoting here uh, as a you know bitchy or yeah bossy the, the, or the b like, word yeah whatever b like, word that is you? yeah oh yes really guys? yes like, yeah really yeah but, but for guys who's it's perfectly fine if they come completely aggressively into a meeting and, um, and but, they but they're leaders their, yes. right when they do that they they spread oh. their leadership oh. <laughs> oh yes my goodness we can go into this for for so long and it's in it, it, oh, it just bothers me too much and uh, so yeah. that's the reason why i ended up you know i'm very happy right now where i'm at right and mm-hmm. uh, and i see the leadership team um, I see the language, the language that is being used, yes. Roxana. It's incredible. It, it changes yeah. the way you relate to each other, right? It of is, course. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's incredible. It's incredible, you know. It I've brings energy, right? It brings a different oh. kind of energy. It's yeah. so positive, so positive, constructive, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it, and it's it, you know, our words have a ton of power. People do not understand this. They do not seem to know that everything you do say has a con- literal, a literal consequence, um, mm-hmm. either towards your actions or either towards even towards the other person. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 yeah, incredible. Absolutely, and it's what we say and how we say that that yes. matters so much. Um, and it's it it's not 
rocket science. I mean, yes, you, you can mm-hmm. and you can learn how to how to do that so that it benefits you and it benefits the others as well, so that you can create that kind of communication. And I hear that all the time. Oh, I need I need a a team workshop because we don't communicate. And so we need a communication skills workshop for the team. And then I always, always talking about questions ask okay what is it that you want them to do what is it that you're trying to achieve here before we even start that conversation because the reality is the truth is somewhere in the middle all the time like Mm -hmm. if we're only going to work with those people on the team but you as a leader are not going to make any effort and are not going to improve anything then the gap is only going to get bigger it's not going to be smaller in any case it's not going to happen you know nothing's going to really i mean it maybe it may improve for certain groups because you know that tends to happen because and a lot yeah. of that type of teams what i've noticed and i'm pretty sure you can confirm this roxana a lot of those teams have created their own silos they of they course. have separated and broken down yes. into such uh, you know complex systems that there there literally is no funnel anymore it is all blocks of information yeah. apart from each other and nobody's allowed mm-hmm. to even communicate even sometimes to the point the managers uh, say to other managers you're not allowed to communicate with this team i've heard it i've heard oh it oh my in god no way within really? within here in calgary from some of my clients um working oh, in other wow. industries that we i would i became friends with a lot of my clients right so we would go and they would invite me for wine nights and you know just have a casual conversation and they would tell these horror stories about their their bosses and and let me put and let me tell you guys that yes boss is the right word here because they're just being they there's no leadership here it is just my yeah. way or the highway or the highway and, yeah and, that's it that's it and a lot of the conversations was like yeah we're not allowed to communicate with certain team even though they have friends within those separate teams they had to be like casual get out of the building to have conversation and even to the point that we're not allowed to be seen together in certain places or functions that yes and I i'm mean, talking about oil and gas industries by the way everyone <laughs> i'm not going to mention the name <laughs> no but i mean so like I can understand that in the context of coming from back in my corporate days, coming from international law firms, I can understand that in the context of we're working on confidential projects and they're different projects and they're confidential and we're not supposed to talk, of course, like we're not, but moving on, like you're not supposed to be controlling my life and who I talk to, what I what I tell them in in private. Like if if I haven't signed a confidentiality agreement working on that mm-hmm. particular project, I mean that's invasion of privacy. That's like that we go in some some other places there. I mean, I this is and I did I was talking about it where um managers and leaders are parenting their teams in like and they they get into this this parent role where they have all of the knowledge and all of the authority and all the power to either help them or suppress them and oppress them right Mm -hmm. and this is this is such um, both right by the way because if you don't let people come up with with their own solutions and ideas and get out of get themselves out of some 
maybe i don't know impossible situations how are they gonna grow how are they gonna learn how are they gonna innovate and be creative right but um how can you as a leader expect that people are gonna be open and communicate with you and feel safe in communicating with you when you're showing them the exact opposite mm -hmm. And, and sometimes that was expectations of them. That was expectation of a manager to of a boss to another to their own team because wow. there was usually a conflict, usually a conflict between bosses, yeah. between different departments. And, and personally, yes. you saw this yourself. Yeah. It, it, they're, they're, yeah. You know, they're having a fight and, and mm -hmm. you know, for six months or a whole year, those two departments are not even allowed to see each other or talk to each other. And you're like, whoa, okay, uh, there's... There's a lot to unpack in this situation, and I'd rather not get involved with it. <laughs> well, so talking about it, how do we, how do we even, how do we change the conversation in on a, how do we scale this? Because obviously there are organizations and companies that do the right thing, and you're working there <laughs> and you're, you're living the dream and i'm i was I'm, i'm really really so happy to hear you say that because again i don't hear too many people say that not these days not especially not in this kind of context that we're in mm -hmm. um and it saddens me where, it saddens me completely it, it, exactly so so what can we do and you work in 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 talent so you talk to a lot of talented people Um, what do you see? What are like, I don't know. I know you're an optimist. So, <laughs> so <laughs> give us something to hang seeing, on to. Oh, this is so good. This is so good though. This so, one of the things that I keep seeing over and over that I've seen for the past two or three years, especially after the pandemic, as soon as the pandemic hit, um, I started to see a shift on mm -hmm. the attitudes of the, um, the soon to be employees, right? Uh, or okay. the candidates. So yeah. Yeah, all the talent. And so one of the changes that I saw was the kind of questions that they were asking, which led mm -hmm. me to believe they have come to the understanding and, uh, or they've come to the point in their lives where they're reevaluating everything that they have been doing so far. And they are not willing any longer to go through the same, right? Yeah. So a lot of these conversations, Roxana, are amazing because Instead of getting to the typical, um, you know, uh, the type of, uh, by the way, and I hate this type, this style of questioning or um, recruiting style, which is, you know, let me ask you all the questions. You're not allowed to ask me anything. And, or Oh, my God. Day. Exactly. But still, oh, we call it an interview, but it's a monologue, really. Oh are you kidding? <laughs> are you How kidding? is it an interview? Are you allowed to Come on! Oh, so that is one of the. That, yes. I, I'm not. I'm not fond of that style. Um, yeah. That's not me. And actually, you can probably talk to anyone that has ever uh, had a meeting with me, and they'll be like, "No, it's it's just like one of the most casual things," and that's the way it should be. You're talking to another human yes. being to know. Absolutely. They will be. They will be happy with you as well as they will be happy. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it just it will. It, we can collaborate, right? From yeah. within the same organization. That's it. Yeah. Um, exactly. When you have. When you're in a meeting like that in talent acquisition, you are being evaluated as well as you are evaluating the person in front of, of you. So it is a both ways, yeah. both ways. And, And this is how it should be. 
Because otherwise, I mean, and then you align on the whole value conversation and all of the things that we believe in so that we know that we can work together or maybe not. And then we part as friends and we don't have to have a, a, a tough conversation later on along the way because That's right. That's we right. understood where we, where we stand. Yeah, I totally, and, and totally where we're going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yes, you know, exactly. Question. Yes. Their questions have yeah. been great. They have been all about, tell me, tell me, like, but literally tell me well about the culture. So they don't ask, mm -hmm. can you tell me about the culture? They don't ask that question. Tell me about your day. You know, show yeah. me how your day looks like and who are you in contact with? And, you know, what, what kind of conversations yeah. do you have? Is, is the, is it, what, is this a collaboration type of, um, you know, a collaborative type of environment or is this the, you know, cutthroat style, which by the yeah. way, I didn't know this. There's still organizations out there. They're still using Jack Welch, uh, the ranking system where they get rid of, there still exists out there, Roxana. Yeah. Are you yeah, they, kidding they, me? No, oh. that's, that's, that's the sad part of the conversation. Exactly. Yes, there are a lot of them. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And the team members, anybody that I've ever talked to that works in organizations like that, they tell me, I hate it. I hate it because they're forcing they me do. to, you know, they're, they're forcing me to even push myself, uh, do things that I find unethical within the team because yeah. that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they start to lie to each other in order to get ahead and, and yeah. they force them to be extroverted when we know that there's incredible talent out there who are completely introverted and completely shy. So they're, they're, they're at this mesh where they're like, give me the work, I'll get it yeah. done, I'll explain what it is, but don't expect me to participate because I do not want to participate in this huge event. And you and I, we have extroverted, a lot of extroverted qualities, but you and I are introverts. We've exactly, about that's what I, exactly. <laughs> and the whole conversation, I mean, and then we can easily go into another conversation where we're hiring people based on some things and then we measure their performance based on other things completely mm -hmm. and then there you have the total gap where people don't understand okay but why did you hire me in the first place if i wasn't good enough in the first place because this is how i was back then when we had the so-called interview where only you were asking the questions and obviously you weren't interested in getting more information from me or you weren't listening well enough right because you would have noticed you would have seen me that's the kind of that's that should happen in this kind of dialogue that we have when we're at the table talking about whether or not we're going to work together because basically we're going to build a relationship a professional relationship and ideally long term not just short term right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and i want you to bring the best of you right and i want you to be exactly. the best to bring the best of who you are that's it yeah that's that's, that's the and what and, and then but then you measure me on my personality that's right and that's not a completely fair conversation <laughs> in the context but then you no. teach me about diversity equity and inclusion but you measure me on personality which mm -hmm. is completely wrong in this conversation <laughs> it's, it's, no I mean, everybody, you know, these leaders, these, these, these bosses, these people in power need to get their brains straight and understand how all of this 
they do not connect. They're they're not they're not connected to each other. They're they're in in yeah. I mean in a sense of you know you should not evaluate somebody based on this based on what you expect and based on what you want, especially after you've had that evaluating conversation of this of the person the way the person comes in, it's fine and that's how we want him. He doesn't need to completely change himself a hundred percent just to fit there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you adapt to it, but you don't completely change yourself. That's the whole point, right? In creating this <laughs> kind of workplace where people bring, I mean, and then you ask them to bring their best self. Well, guess what? My best self includes this, 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 and that. Mm -hmm. I don't leave parts of me at home, or not even if I work from home, like I'm there, <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. me. And this is how I work and this is how I do things. Not that, yeah, can we learn how to do things better? Can we improve? Absolutely. But and it comes down to questions. Conversation. Yeah. It comes yeah. down to questions, right? It's like, what? Yeah. So, you know, it, for the people out there who may be listening, the reality, in, in especially those who have their own businesses, you know, the people, if the people are leaving, it's because there's something wrong within your culture. It is, it is that yes. simple. There, there's, there's a need yeah. that you are not satisfying at the moment in one way or another. It could be financial. It could be, you know, there's, there's something going on within your organization, whether it's a small business or, or extra large, you know, gigantic uh, yeah. multinational corporation. It doesn't matter if they're leaving, mm -hmm. if they're uh, thinking about leaving, there is something wrong with the way they are being treated. And this is something that keeps coming up, Roxana, lately. It's, yeah. I am tired of where I am because of X. I am tired because mm -hmm. of Y. Uh, I'm noticing, you know, this past year, because of the pandemic, I've, I've, I've gone through certain life circumstances that have made me reevaluate, you know, the way I work or what I do or who I work with or, you know, who I collaborate with. So all of these, this situation has granted entirely the power to the employees entirely yeah so you yeah. know as as employers we need to realize that yes that's the way it, it should have been from the very beginning because when you care for your people your people care about you know about your business for you you don't even have to push them they will do it on their own exactly and exactly. It, I, I think this is a I think we got, I think I got this from, uh, I learned this and I, I was able to articulate it once I started reading uh, people like Simon Sinek or uh, mm -hmm. Adam Grant and, you know, uh, organizational people who, you know, um, meddle yeah. in this in social sciences, mm -hmm. right? At yeah. work. And, you know, and I was in, in yes, it's 100% true, right? I mean, treat them well, give them the autonomy with a balance of, you know, expectations and they will create magical things. You don't Absolutely. even have to do anything about it. <laughs> and, and I hear you say that. And one of my one of my favorite quotes is, uh, and actually, it, it's it's surprising and not surprising knowing the the personality because it comes from Sir Richard Branson. So, and he's a total total game changer, total like odd one out since forever. Um, but he said, and, and he built so many <laughs> successful businesses, not just one, but he's the one who said like, no, um, customers don't come first, employees come first, because if you're 
if your people are happy, your clients will be happy. And then, of course, that makes sense. And that's why, like, I always, when I have a conversation with anyone who's, who's leading a team or a small business or whatever it is, it doesn't even matter, but you, look, you think about it. And it's interesting because everybody seems to say that, but I find very few people who actually do something about it. Um, and I always say to them, like, it, your people issues are going to be business issues in the end. And you will see that. And there's actually a study, 65% of startups that failed didn't fail because of technology and process issues. They failed because of people issues. 65%. That's a whole I lot. Uh-huh. And it's like... Yeah. It, it always translates, any kind of people issue will translate into a business issue either. And it, it, it typically will translate into an issue with your clients because that's... 100%. Oh, it, it's, it's all the time, Roxana, all the time. Yeah. And, and when you see it, has it I'm, I'm pretty sure that anybody who's listening has had this experience where you go to a store or you go to, a, to get a service and you can hear from the way the people on the other side uh, that you're connecting with to get the transaction done, the way they speak to you, you can tell, you know, oh, you can tell. Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh what can you tell? Oh, oh my goodness. Especially in environments like retail or, you know, like where there is a face-to-face type of interaction uh, with, with directly with any type of customer. You can hear it. You can feel it. You can only, yeah. you know, say, I'm so, so, you know, when that happens, when I, when I have to interact with any of them, the only thing that I do, it's like, you know, I remind myself, you know, even if it's the hardest issue that they may have to deal with, I remind myself to be kind to them because I don't even mm-hmm. want to imagine um, you know, the kind of experience that they've had to deal. Uh, I mean, for the people, oh, oh. And, and, and I, because you mentioned that and because you were talking about it, could you please, please share your, uh, your short summary on, because you were reading it from, from LinkedIn, from your LinkedIn profile. And I mean, that was so powerful when, to me when I heard it. And especially for you, I think you're, you're such an inspiration, especially working in this talent acquisition field and in you talking to people and seeing potential in talent and everything. I think what you put in there is so <laughs> inspirational that I, please share it with us because it was of course. great. And it- and this is this is not um, entirely all of it in LinkedIn, but this is part of my okay. profile in every man in the in the social group in the app all because right. we have an okay. app where we share, you know, men to men, we all share posts. And it's super cool. Anyway, so my profile says it states this. It says, "I am a deeply curious human being who likes to understand more about our own existence. I would like to lead a compassionate and kind life." Uh, my life mission is to live the best life I can uh, in kindness and acceptance with deep understanding and infinite compassion. My title and purpose on my career uh, involves looking for potential in other human beings while doing my best to provide them a place, a platform, if you will, where they could develop. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, That's it. <laughs> That is 
Beautiful. And um, that's, again, that is something that I don't see too often in the, in the talent space. Um, and I think, oh my God, if we all approached um, <laughs> our, our personal and professional lives, because it's not, uh, you know, I have an issue with work-life balance because actually it's mm -hmm. all part of the same life that we have it's not like <laughs> all of it, all of it. We, it's all connected right and i think if, mm -hmm. if we applied more of what you just uh shared with us now it would be um it it would really help us ourselves make the best experience for ourselves like as you said like live your best life I think this is what it's all about. That's why I always, that's why I say it's all personal, nothing is just business because it's all about that. That's right. It's all of it, all of it connected. And it all comes down to the same. And it all comes down to, you know, oh, I hate this uh, word or concept, soft skills. It, it's, it's all about oh, human skills. It's all exactly. about human skills. <laughs> They're essential. They're not soft at all. Like this is no these are the skills that help us thrive. This is exactly oh, oh it's just in you know it's one of those things that I, I still don't understand why the business world tried to separate uh, the, the human side of uh, you know of of business is human. It, everything we do is yes. human. It's about emotions. We are you know emotions are everywhere that's how we create our stories and that's how exactly. we create everything i mean through our home conversation we've been having ups and downs in regards to how we feel about certain of topics and you know it's all about emotion and connection and stories that's it <laughs> stories exactly exactly oh my god i love it and it's like i realized we've been having this conversation for almost an hour now and uh <laughs> Of course that we could go on and on and maybe we can do know, like a, a second episode or something <laughs> <laughs> to continue the conversation. But um, but I, I wanted to ask you, because I can't let you go before I ask you to share any uh, an inspirational thought or a thought of wisdom, something that inspires you or it can be anything, a song, a movie, a book, a quote, whatever it is. I want to share, um, I want to share uh, with me, with you, um, there was a post from uh, Dr. Susan David. She's also an author. And mm -hmm. um, you probably have seen some of her posts, me liking them in LinkedIn as well. Yeah, yeah, I and, did. Um, from she's great oh so this is a post that I actually literally took a screenshot and I keep it with me on my phone at all times to remind me of my own values at mm -hmm. all times especially when I'm like feeling you know what when the emotions that I have created at the moment at the time I'm like if I'm you know overflowing I'm like okay I need to go back to that I need to whew, take a deep breath and ask myself questions before I jump into anything yeah. So her post says, it is super simple. It says, what are your top three values? By knowing who you are and what you stand for, you come to your work with the most powerful tool of all, your full self. And then she said, she shared a list of 23 values that she has discovered through her studies mm -hmm. and everything else. So that is for me, but you know, it, when you live your life with values, with your own values in mind, 
and with intent with intention right intention is it's extremely important here yeah the intention is to live your true self through those values you'll realize the magic happens around you you know it's it's just like things start to yeah you to go in such an incredible good and positive direction not only for you but also for the people around you and um and there's one book that i do want to share there is one book that i do want to share this is by um doctor uh she's a neuroscientist by the way it is how emotions are made and it is by dr lisa feldman barrett um she if there's one thing that i want everybody to know is that she has actually demystify the what does she call it uh she calls it uh the myth of universal emotions she has actually proven that emotions are not universal they're created by each and every single one of us at every single moment of our lives oh it, i know i haven't finished it i'm so excited about it okay <laughs> yeah i'm going to i'm i'm going to read it cuz um that means that i need to read it because that means i need to tweak my emotional intelligence course as well there you go <laughs> because you go. i'm talking about but what what i'm talking about there is the um the expression the universal expressions of emotion <laughs> but there's a lot of debate around that as well but there are some some emotions that we as humans express universally mm-hmm. but beyond that what happens beyond that so you made me super super curious <laughs> thank you i don't <laughs> like any conversation with you is always opening up a new door and then a new door and then a new door is like <laughs> and i really hope it does this for, for 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 you who are listening to us today cuz like i'm going to put all of the links to to the book to the support group to um and to your linkedin profile so that people can reach absolutely you absolutely and, you know, know i'm, I'm looking you. for oh i'm looking for a ton of people everyone so i mean you could or feel free to reach me and be like hey alex do you have something for me so and yeah and, and be ready for soulful and thoughtful conversations and super super insightful because <laughs> that's why you're going to get people so <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much roxana i really appreciate this i really oh, came nice. you know with no expectations and you have been amazing as you know the last conversation we had is just uh, been great thank you so much thank you thank you for sharing so much of your your story here today and um let's do this again sometime soon <laughs> of course of course it doesn't have to be on the you know being recorded we can just have a casual chat yeah okay <laughs> we'll have talking. a chit chat yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much alex <laughs> thank you bye everyone bye I told you we were going on a game-changing ride in this episode. I took so much with me, but one thing that will always stay with me after this episode is Alex's remark, if you're curious, ask. I believe this to be one fundamental skill muscle that we need to keep strong at all times. Curiosity because it's through curiosity that we get to challenge the status quo to ask great questions and to find powerful answers so that 
we find those values that help us lead our life with intention. And isn't that all personal? Until next time.